Hello and welcome to the MF Gamers Podcast. My name is Simon and this is episode 9 of 20 Questions, where I bring in a surprise guest each episode and ask them 20 gaming related questions. Question 1. Oh yeah, give us a bit of background on your username. Hello, uh, I'm Warren, or probably better known as Duck on the forum. My username, it didn't really come from anywhere. It used to be a longer version of my name. It was called a Four Duckling in the old... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the old 360 days, yeah. What were all that about? I think it was just one of them just name generator type things. It wasn't particularly thought out or I just thought it sounded cool. That was about it, really. Right. Uh, I had a little bit of break from from gaming and I came back. I was like, oh, I'll just keep it as duck. No, I remember you had another one called Ghost Likadama. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, yeah. Because that's, that's what the G on the end of the um, your current gamer tag is yeah i have a, a kadama tattoo from a uh okay changed it for a little bit but everyone still calls me duck so it makes sense question 1b yeah i'm double parting this son of a bitch oh shit <laughs> <laughs> this is your first podcast it's... do you remember way back when when you said oh i'm doing a podcast with dc that's coming up for what six seven yeah, seven months ago now. 7th of December, 17. That's a long time ago. You took your time to fucking dip your toes into this, son. Yeah, I don't know. It's, everyone's kind of took the reins, yeah. So, do, everyone's been doing took really well. Don't <laughs> give me that. You were fucking trying to leave from front and then you got sidetracked. And it's like, honestly, I've tried to get this fucking guy on for months. Months and months now. It must be, what, four months? I've said to you, come on. It's your turn, and you're like, nah, I can't do it. And then it's... It's not, I can't do it, it's like, I'm busy, yeah, I am be busy. The stupid thing is, we fucking spent all night talking. We'll get on Discord and talk from, like, 2am to, like, 6am, and we could have done it then, but... It's here now! I'm here. There's no escaping it. Yeah. Question two, what was the last arcade machine you put money in? What attracted you to this particular machine, and how long ago was it? A long time ago. I think it must have been sort of like a holiday my parents like great yarmouth or one of them sort of places this is going back so yeah talking what 90s noughties probably yeah and i think something like sega rally or something like that something some weird sort of our football uh arcade game not recently i don't know i don't never really had the urge to play an arcade game i really seen arcade cabinets really about anymore but yeah, probably like Sega. The rarity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but probably Sega Rally or something like that. Question three: Name your favourite game from age under ten, and then another game for each decade of your life. Okay, so there's been top ten discussions recently on the forum, and this has made me think about this sort of thing. Under ten, I'm probably going to say Sensible Soccer. I think that's not just a game that I thought was very good. It's um, also a game that's had sort of sentimental value to how I got that game. Mm. So I think it was about seven or eight. Our football team I was playing for at the time, we went to watch England versus Brazil at Wembley. Schoolboys match. I came back and it was, I think my mum and dad had been shopping that day. And they said, oh, we've got you, we've got you a present. And they gave it to me and it was uh, Sensible Soccer. I didn't know what Sensible Soccer was at the time. I don't know how my parents bought me that game and knew it was good. All summer for the next like year, I was playing that game every day, probably. 
but it just a standard sensible soccer or sensible world of soccer. I was kind of behind in the systems, like one generation behind. So I right. had it on the master system. I think it was just normal sensible soccer, but it's still, still really, really good. I think it's kind of that game as well started my sort of passion for sort of multiplayer games as well, I think. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't very good on its own, was it? But if you had a person to play with, or play against rather, it was. Yeah, it's really, really good. So yeah. good. Yeah. But I tried the recent ones, but there's still something missing compared to the to the old ones, mm. I think. So. Well, things move on. I think that's the thing. What's good then wouldn't be really classed as good now. It's very much of its time, Sensible Soccer. But when it was that time, it was the best you could get. Yeah, that would be my under 10 game. What about your teens? Teens? Teens are the hard one. Because you kind of go from, for me anyway, you kind of went from just playing games for just being games to like having like a sort of passion for it. Probably go for Zelda, probably. Probably the Ocarina, maybe. Right. Yeah, I'll probably say that. Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, probably. Supposedly one of the best games ever made. It's good, but it's probably been best, in my opinion, as it's kind of connecting to sensible soccer i played the the remake on 3ds 3ds and it it's still good but it's it was a bit of a struggle i think kind of the things have moved on as well with uh, legend of zelda but it's still really good but playing that when i was younger kind of like i think most people blew blew their minds yeah so yeah i think most games that went to 3d that were good blew people's minds then what about your 20s I think you've kind of briefly mentioned it on the podcast, but I probably have to go with Battlefield Bad Company too. It was Big Man that brought it up. Mm-hmm. It's funny because when he brought it up, he actually talked about it for 15 minutes and I had to <laughs> cut a load of it because it was like, oh man, no one wants to listen to this. Like, it's good stuff, like it's good content, but we're really, really going off the beaten path of what this show's about. But yeah, we talked about it for a good 15 minutes solid and all the aspects of it and it was just like, oh yeah, what a fucking good game that was. It wasn't just a game for me as well. I was saying, like, going back to the multiplayer element, you were there yourself. There was a group of us, maybe 12 to 15 of us. You could just turn it on, and you're like, oh, I want to play Bad Company. And then within, like, 20 Still minutes... to get a game. No, <laughs> the opposite, yeah. Like, you turn it on, and, like, the party would be full. Yeah, you can't get a game. You're waiting. It's like, oh, so-and-so's on. Kick whoever's the shittiest person <laughs> and get the person that's in. Like, have a field the first team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there'd always be Dante playing onto his side because he could never get in. <laughs> <laughs> always try to stab you for your tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was total lightning in a bottle sort of gaming time for me. Never be replicated. Uh, I think everyone was still quite young, not married, maybe still kind of university or stuff like mm. that. So it's probably never going to be replicated. Yeah, it, it dropped at the right time. The the people had a lot of time to devote to it. But that whole period playing that game was amazing. So yeah, twenties would be would be bad company too. So your thirties, what are you going to pump for there? Okay, I'm going to say Overwatch. I love Blizzard a lot. The thing I liked about that game is I've played shooters all my life, but it seemed to have hit this nerve where people that don't like shooters can just play it. Blizzard are very good at like sugarcoating their games. It's presenting. It's the way that they present things makes it it makes it more palatable for people that don't really play that type of game. So, and I think the design of the characters in that game as well. You don't need to be good at shooting. There's characters in there that can do well without having to have super good aim. And then there's characters like Hanzo and Widowmaker that are totally reliant on that sort of skill set. They took all these sort of games, different types of shooters or styles of shooters, and then put them all in one game. Mm. It kind of caters for for everyone, yeah. So uh, I play 
play Farrer, yeah, but that's just basically Quake, basically, isn't it? Mm. You've got, I don't know, like, Soldier, who's is basically a like Call of Duty guy, yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, I look at it as in the weapon archetypes instead of the game archetypes, so you've got the guy that's got burst fire and is a bit sneaky, you've got the shotgun guy that's got a little bit of auto aim on his turret, you've got the person that locks on, or you did have before it were reworked with Symmetra. Yeah, it's really clever. Yeah, I can sort of admire that they look at the gaps in between the people that can play that game. Mm -hmm. And if you're literate within video gaming, you know how to use a controller, you know how to use a mouse and keyboard. There's a character in there for you that you can excel at. I mean, yeah, like saying exactly like Mercy. Don't even have to shoot that character. Yeah, you just position and heal and buff. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. all you have to do. Don't have to shoot at all. But yeah, so 30s, I would say. Say Overwatch. Question four. What's the difference in gaming cultures between Scotland and Poland? The difference between the UK and Poland is I think they're more willing to try something new in Poland, I think. They're willing to um, accept a bit of jank, accept something that's not as polished, but it's trying something new. I think people in the UK tend to like the super polished it's got bugs. Yeah, like the summer, summer blockbuster. Yeah, exactly. It's all front, but no actual content. Yeah. So I think them sort of games sell. I think most of Europe, they sell a lot better. Culture-wise, all games are still really, really popular as well here. Like extremely old games. What do you mean old games? So, for example, a game I hadn't played before, before I moved to Poland, was uh, Heroes of Mighty Magic 3. Right. It's a turn-based RPG, but it's got like almost like Civ-type exploration in it right okay so it's like grid based it's not grid based on the world map but when you're playing the um the the battle systems grid based mm. and it's like a, it's a lot of like it's like an arms arms sort of race like civ but this game's extremely popular still because it i think you can play on on older machines oh so it's a pc based thing yeah because of i'm guessing the iron curtain sort of made it so that consoles weren't prevalent so they're on old tech with graphics cards and stuff yeah consoles are, are, are getting more popular here there's not many game shops you go to uk and there's a game shop on like every corner almost i think in krakow which is about a million people Actual game shops, there's probably about three or four, so not many. Is that a reflection on them just buying digitally, though, if the PC game? Yeah, I think PCs are more popular. The gaming, Mm. I spoke about in the forum, the console stuff is really, really expensive here. Most most technology in Poland, I would say, is about 20 or 30% more than in the UK. Games are stupidly expensive, so people are obviously going to um, lean more towards PCs. Yeah, because they can game frugally. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. But it's been quite nice because uh, all these sort of old games I've never really played before, and uh, I'm having like gaming chats with people, and uh, they said, oh, have you played this? I played them, and like, oh, these are like, yeah, they are almost like timeless, yeah, so. Mm. Yeah, I find that sometimes when you go backwards with games, you realise where ideas have come from. Mm-hmm. So it might not be apparent when you're playing something today. Say like, um, I don't know, the the thing that Batman does, do you know, where he does the detective thing, where it sort of flicks over. But if you played Metroid Prime, you'll know it oh, comes from that. Yeah. And there's probably something mm-hmm. that Metroid ripped it off from earlier on. It, it's interesting to try and trace back ideas to see do you know, where they've stemmed from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. In the UK, it's very easy to get computer games. They have some in the supermarkets here. 
there is stuff like that in the supermarket, but it's a lot more prevalent in the in the UK and Scotland. Mm. I can walk like five minutes away into an Asda at midnight and buy a game that's just been released. Can you do that in Poland or? But yeah, I think so. I think some similarities, yeah. Like FIFA is really popular and right. stuff like that. But even to get on, get into the like the especially the console console side of things. I don't know how much uh, PS4 or or Xbox One is in the UK, but they're probably about put here. You can easily pay about 200, 230 pounds just for a second-hand one. Wow, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. Just to get onto the sort of get a consoles can be. Uh, and this is before paying for subscriptions and stuff. I yeah, it's going to be marked up as well. The average wage here is about four hundred to five hundred pounds a month. So we can imagine paying, but it's basically a month's salary for almost for to get yourself yeah, set that's up a lot. for. Uh, Whereas you look over it, it's like a week, a week. Yeah, <laughs> so a week. Yeah, and plus you're spending. The games here are fifty pounds, even in the cheap shops. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's hard work to be a gamer in Poland. I think if you want to be a console gamer, anyway. Yeah, it's easy to see why they lean more towards the PC style. Yeah, I think that's most mostly across across Europe. I think I think the UK is definitely a more of a a consolely place. I think Europe's more more mm. of a PC. PC place. Like I said earlier, it sort of depends on the Iron Curtain, where that fell. Because I know a lot of Germans are like hardcore PC players. Question five, what's your favourite game series? Between two, I think. I've said it before, probably Zelda, or it hurts me to say it these days though, uh, probably Metal Gear, probably. See, those are very, very different games. Yeah. Through sort of my early teens to my 20s, I still still look forward to, to them games every time they release. Uh, maybe mm. not uh, Metal Gear so much anymore. So you default in for this question to Zelda. Okay, we'll go. We'll go to Zelda then. Okay, we'll go to Zelda. I even like the bad ones. A lot of people kind of hated Skyward Swords. I know there's a lot of hatred for um, the one after Ocarina. Majora's yeah, Mask. Yeah, a lot of people hate Majora's Mask. That's probably my favourite one. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favourites as well. Yeah, so um, Zelda, definitely Zelda, I think. Question six: Are there any parts of gaming that need to be expanded on? I would say kind of influenced by Destiny, probably. I really like the raids in Destiny, but I want it to be more sort of like class-based, you know, even more class-based, that sort of thing in shooters, but more role-based, I think. Well, so you're suggesting, say, like, there's an instance where you need, like, a rogue to get through a certain part. If you don't have a rogue, you're basically fucked. You can't bypass it. Maybe not like that, because it <laughs> sounds quite broken. I know it often gets brought up, but World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. there's parts in that where you need specific classes to get to certain parts of the dungeons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as long as it's not the main line, it's a subsidiary part of the dungeon. It's not a requirement. I see no reason in not allowing it because it makes people diversify and maybe try things that they've not tried before. But to do it as a mainline thing is, that's a no-no. Like, it has to be able to be done with your standard tank your healers and your DPSs or whatever that your game allows. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a Destiny raid with all Titans, then you should be able to do it with all Titans. It should be fine. Yeah, but I'd like to do a raid where we actually had a tank, a healer, a DPS in sort of, sort of shooting sort of genre. Yeah. Mm. I know you've not played Division, but that sort of has the tank style gameplay in it, Joe, with the riot shield. I'm really looking forward to playing the second one. 
Yeah, well, they've got eight player rating now, which should be interesting because it's competitions really, really good. Anthem is coming as well, which is probably going to have raids in it or some sort of raid style activity. So I think it might start dribbling into console gaming. They've got the sort of concept of it right, but I think it's still just a bit, everyone's a bit the same. Yeah, there's no real division. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, well, everyone can run, jump and shoot, but... The bits that they do the self aren't really that different to validate and being different, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Going back to World of Warcraft, like a warlock and a, a mage, mm -hmm. like they're totally fucking different. Yeah. Totally, totally different. Even though they're using magic and stuff, they're still like worlds apart between how you play them and what they can do. Yeah, I think it would be really fun to do like a shooter sort of raid with that sort mm -hmm. of setup. But I'm guessing it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it, I think it is as well. It's a matter of time. Question seven, which board game deserves a video game version? This can be a game that's already a digital version that's not been up to par. So, Terra Moon City, because, first I explain the game, I think, or maybe you should explain it. Okay, so. Yeah, go on. So, each player is basically like a Godzilla. Right. At the start of the game, they all have like a, some sort of class. They have a special ability. And the aim of the game is to, in the middle of the board, there is a big stack of, do you know what a meeple is? No idea. It's a little character. You need to see like Carcassonne, in the little like man-shaped oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, like a representation of a person. Yeah. Or a unit of people. Yeah. So before you start the game, you build up a tower. It towers the houses, yeah. And what you've got to do is, is you get you have cards. It's cards sort of thing in this game as well. And you've got to try and knock down the buildings because you get like you have like a, a disc and you flick the disc. It's all about region based as well. So you've got to stay in your region. But I think that would, would um, make a really good. How long do these games run? Like 30 minutes, an hour, two hours? Um, last time I played it was maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Right, okay. So it's like a night's worth. Yeah, it's like a night's worth. Could you play it in a relay, like on a mobile phone? Sort of push notification style? Uh, yeah, it's just turn based. Right, okay. That's one of the sort of board games I like to show people if they haven't really played before because it's quite physical. Yeah, it's like you're you're not just sitting there. It's like you're flicking and you're the discs and your things are falling and it's... Right. It's, it's cool. Of course, there's actually a physical part to it. It's like Jenga or something. It's kind of like Jenga, yeah, but you're trying to... You're trying to knock down these these buildings you've made, and you get points. The highest point at the end wins, obviously. Right. So yeah, probably that I think for a digital version. Name the game again. Terra in Meeple City. So there we go. Terra in Meeple City, a Godzilla game. Question eight: Is there anything in games that make you cringe or be disappointed in the inclusion of such things? Okay, this is going to be slightly controversial. I think is. Go on. When a game is too anime, i.e. or e.g. Kingdom Hearts. Right. I just can't do it. I just, oh, just makes me... It's funny because I do a YouTube thing with another guy and we covered E3 and he lost his fucking shit whenever Kingdom Hearts came on. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, this looks kind of nice. And then it sort of did the all, oh, I'm a game thing. And it's like, yeah. Fuck this shit. It's just, I, I can't be doing this cheesiness. And I'm not one to shy away from cheesy, job B-movie style things. But that thing ticks all my boxes for being ignored forever. <laughs> I like anime, like some anime, and I like RPGs. But, oh, there's just, there's just something about Kingdom Hearts just makes me want to, um, to kill myself. Is it the weird juxtaposition of all the different characters being in the same universe? Because I find that kind of weird that you've got 
people that are human, people that are like goofy, like what, what the fuck is goofy? But that, they, is he a I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, is he a dog? Is he Yeah Is he a cow? Like what the fuck is Goofy? If Goofy if Goofy was real he would be he would be shot and put down, I think, wouldn't he? Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's just I don't like that clash of art styles. That's uh, that's all in. Yeah, I don't like that. I'd rather it be thematically. Yeah, it's like the big the big boots, the big key. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I'd rather stuff be thematically correct. That's one of the reasons that I I sort of got really really fucking wound up with Overwatch because you had all these different skins and stuff that were all over the place. It's like yeah, it looks awful now. It's like when you see Gears of War and someone's got a fucking flowery lancer or something. It's like fuck off. Yeah, Overwatch. There's like it's like mid of a summer. And Someone's going around in like a Santa outfit. Yeah, yeah. It just it just breaks the immersion, yeah. and uh, yeah, that that bugs me. Yeah. But yeah, is there any like? Would you like to elaborate on the whole like anime thing? Is it just that like it's, you don't like Kingdom Hearts? I think or? it's just Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's just that look. It's just something about it. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like I don't know. Maybe it's the Disney thing as well. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's not the actual anime thing. I think it's maybe the maybe the Disney thing as well. It's like a right. A mixture yeah. of both, yeah. Yeah, it's like two things that should never go together, <laughs> like children and dicks. <laughs> should never be put together. It's an abomination. <laughs> people love it though, like people go mental for it. Yeah. Question nine. What difficulties does gaming cause you with regards to your colour blindness? Does the colour blindness provide any benefits? Benefits? Uh no, I can't think of anything. So I'm I'm colourblind with uh red and green. How it works. I see my red is a bit more brownie, but best way to describe mm. it than a normal person. I hate it when the stuff in like the HUD design or like I think Battlefield was was bad for this, but I could, you could change it. Yeah, I'm gonna say, are we gonna bring this up in Battlefield Bad Company two onwards? So Battlefield three. Yeah, the 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 triangles. Yeah. And Battlefield 4, yeah, the squad triangles were green, and I catch you loads of times, like, try to shoot me, <laughs> or shooting, like, we go around the corner and see a squad bit, and you just instant, automatically, just start shooting them, and it's like, what are you doing? And to you, it's just like, they just look like red, presumably. Yeah, it's just, it's just, the big problem is when it's really small, and it's trying to tell the mm. difference between, like, a, a brown and a red, a dark red, when mm. it's, it's really small, yeah, it's really difficult. But... I'm an advocate for good game design when it comes to colour blindness. So, for instance, in Battlefield, instead of having the triangles, the Doritos, just have circles on them instead, John, your squad mates. That would have made sense. That would have made it so that you could have... I think, what was it? Yeah, you could change it. Change it, I think it was to a blue I think, or a yellow you could change it to. Yeah, purple. Purple. Yeah, um, so that helped, but... Yeah, purple and turquoise. It but was. not every game has this, even today, mm. which is a bit shocking, yeah. I remember playing Borderlands back with Martin, King Lear, for the people that know what we're talking about. And he had colour blindness and he couldn't tell the orange stuff. So we were playing Borderlands. The highest rarity of stuff is orange. So it just like walked past it. Like he wouldn't have a clue. They'd missed it. And it's like, he'd know by my reaction whenever we killed anything, if something good had dropped. Because otherwise he'd have to go through and you know, look at it all. And it's like, ah, oh, just put visually identifiable stuff on the beams of light or I think um, Diablo does it really well when it sort of puts the big spire up and does the sound effects. Mm. 
for stuff like that. It just makes it so much more accessible for people that don't have all the cones in their eyes to see you know, the different types of colours. Yeah, they just got to be aware, yeah. they just got to mm. kind of like... Because they're just oblivious. They're totally oblivious to it. And I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just they don't have any colourblind people there mm -hmm. that's designing. And having colourblind people say, hey, this is fucked up. Didn't they? Was it was it Battlefield Four that or what's what's the Battlefield they put they put it in after release? Um, I think that was Battlefield Four. Yeah. I think we had spoke about that, but mm. so you must have had people complaining, yeah. But yeah. But really, a game of that caliber, of that size, anything that's AAA, they should be on these things. They should have the money and the know-how to avoid having these circumstances where it gets into colorblind people's hands and then they're like. Fuck, I can't actually play this because Joe, these colours are clashing. I can't tell the difference between them. One of the most annoying things though, it's probably like one of the easiest things to fix as well. Yeah, they just change it to blue or change it to yellow, yeah, that's all they got to do. Mm. But it's not a massive problem. I get used to it. But yeah, especially when it's small and like the level or the uh the colour palette is very close to the, the colour. Mm. Question ten. Name your favourite poster on MF Gamers. It's quite hard to choose. Um, I like a lot of people on the, on the forum. Probably going to go with, I think, Illdog, but mostly be I'm going to pick Illdog because he doesn't post enough, I think. When he posts, it's right. good. Yeah, I really enjoy reading his posts, but mm. just doesn't post enough. He posts the weirdest stuff as well. <laughs> At the time of recording, he a couple of days ago, he posted a Snoopy review, which is just like... Just the, I, the, I, I saw that. The weirdest thing to post about. I thought it was going to be like a Snoop Dogg. Or something Snoop Dogg concert or something like that, <laughs> but it was actually actually the Peanuts thing, yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, was... a Peanuts. What were it? A rhythm game, a music rhythm game, or something? <laughs> that as what I could figure out. Yeah, um, absolutely bam. Yeah, so think about all all the all the games out just now. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, Snoopy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just completely out of left field. But, but yeah, yeah, I think we're quite lucky. There's a lot of good posters. I've known for a long time as well. But yeah, wish Ill Dog would post post more. You wear that ill dog. Get ass fucking posting. Question 11. Name the best class in any game. What draws you to those conclusions? Maybe uh, Engineer, probably, in Battlefields. Maybe Mercy in Overwatch. It's quite fun. But Engineer, you can, right. you know, you're supporting your team, but you're blowing up shit. And... Yeah, it's quite an aggressive supporting mm -hmm. in the Engineer. Yeah, I, play, I like to play sort of like aggressive sort of attacking style. Mm. Yeah, the anti-armor style mm -hmm. of the Battlefield one yeah. is he's, he's quite aggressive in it because he's, he do, his range is really, really low because of his the SMG that he's carrying, so you have to be right in the face of stuff. Yeah, it's always always fun, kind of kind of like running around the tank, you know, when it's, it's mm. after you. Yeah. So, yeah, Engineer, I love playing Engineer, shooting down helicopters or uh, healing tanks or healing things and stuff like that. I would go with Engineer, I think, from Battlefield. Question 12. Who would the three biggest companies in gaming bit if the current ones didn't enter the race? You're not allowed to pick companies that have failed for this question. I'm just imagining like a, a George Foreman console. Yeah. George Foreman <laughs> console. <laughs> what about the uh, PlayStation 3, the original one? Yeah, oh, like you could like, Foreman, you play your games, but you can also like make some bacon. So who was big in the early 90s? I can't remember. It was Sega and Nintendo, wasn't it? Sega, Nintendo, Commodore. Oh, yeah. Um, Atari. Who would make a console? Hmm. Panasonic had the 3DO as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're out of the window. Maybe Nokia would be big. I don't know, it's a bit of a weird one. Originally, they did P 
here, Padinta, which Nintendo used to do playing cards, so I could see that happening. Okay, yeah. To follow the same line and end up in electronics, mm-hmm. consumer electronics and games. It did, so, it didn't yeah. engage, yeah, but that was that was. Oh, does that discount them though? Was... I think that might discount <laughs> it them. It sold about five five, so I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> that's null and void. You can oh, have Nokia. Fuck. Okay, I've um, already tried it. So probably another phone company, probably BlackBerry. I don't know, maybe BlackBerry. Blackberry. Do you think they might be still here? Yeah. <laughs> if, um, if they hadn't fucking had the competition yeah. from Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. Probably another like PC type company, like HP or something like that, maybe. Hewlett Packard? Yeah. I don't. You know what I'm I don't think. Have they had any I think, computer stuff? Like game stuff? I don't think they have. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird question. Like It's, like, it's harder than you think. Yeah, isn't it? it's like. All the companies you think are going to be big are big now, yeah. So um, there's been a lot of companies that have had to go at it already and just completely failed. Yeah. I think Casio had a fucking go at it at one point and just yeah, they fucked up. Mm-hmm. Is Apple? Does Apple count? They ever had a gaming machine? I don't think they have. Have they? I think Apple would have a console or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, they've never had a console. I don't think so. Anyway. Yeah. That would have been the first one that I said. If I'd have been asked this question, I'd be like, well, Apple. Yeah. A lot of had the iPod Touch and stuff and the iPhone. It's not really a game machine, is it? It's not a console. Yeah. It's not something you'd stick under your TV and pop a disc into or go onto the iTunes store and download. It was in their fucking ecosystem. I, I probably doubt they would ever release a cons would have ever released a console. Hey, this is an alternate reality. Yeah. The other ones don't re- don't exist, remember. Yeah. So Imagine the big three didn't exist, what it'd be like. Life would be pretty fucking boring if no one took it up. But yeah, that's my that's my free, I think. Question 13. Who would you like to see working in the game industry that doesn't already work in the industry? No one in particular, I think, but I think would like there is already a lot of people from the like the board game sort of side right. uh, working in there. For example, one of my favorite games, Twilight Struggle. The lead de- the guy that made that was one of the lead designers on the the XCOM reboot. Right, okay, so there's crossover already. Yeah, but I'd like to see more. I think there's a lot of chimney in that will, will back me up on this. A lot of like cool sort of systems in games, tabletop games anyway, that would be nice to see in computer games, especially sort of strategy games, yeah. What, do you mean like rule sets and stuff that just transfer across? Just not, not just rule sets, just like uh, like mechanics. Yeah, that's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, okay, okay, we'll say the same thing. But I think them guys, sort of board game designers, are a lot more, a lot better at knowing sort of how to do that stuff. They've got a better understanding of how to design. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. I think games can learn a lot from board games. Just in general? In general, general yeah. Any particular um, person. Question 14. Pinpoint a moment where gaming changed forever. Probably going to be the, the PlayStation 1, isn't it? I think, for a lot of people, it changed gaming from like the the kids pastime to the adult brackets pastime yeah so change sort of like the the way sort of games were were advertised yeah it targeted an audience that hadn't already been targeted before Mm -hmm. it won't pander into kids there were still games that were pandering to kids like spyro the dragon and crash bandicoot and stuff like that but there were a lot more adult no not adult mature Mature more mature games there were more games that appeal to people that were in their teens or twenties. Yeah, yeah, the adverts weren't aimed at the, the kids, they were aimed at the, the adults, yeah. Mm, yeah, a lot of them were really fucking esoteric <laughs> as well. Yeah, but they were good. For me anyway, I think. 
was that. I think in the last 20 years there's been a lot, lot of moments like that. But I would go with that, the PlayStation. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important ones. It really did hinge the game in at that point. It turned a corner going into 3D and having a different push. Everyone's favourite, question 15. Give me your best impression of your favourite game character. I hope you've been practising. Oh no, I haven't been practising. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Um, God. <laughs> Kept you waiting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, what the fuck was that? It's <laughs> <laughs> my, my best one. And what I want someone to do is, once we've, once this series has wrapped up this 20 questions, like actually go back and... Put them all together. Like... Put them all together. No, actually put them over the video game show <laughs> where they're meant to be there. So when um, Mario comes up on his uh, Mario 64, he's like, hey, it's me, Mario. <laughs> Joe, like, <laughs> just take it completely out and Scottish, put Scouse Mario in. Snake. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Mario. <laughs> Question 16, name a mobile game you'd like to be made into a fully-fledged game. Name a fully-fledged game you'd like to be made into a mobile game. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'd like them to kind of like master, or someone to find some sort of control system for like shooters. Uh, maybe there is already, I haven't played it, but trying to play a shooter, any sort of shooter mm. on a phone, even a tablet is, is cumbersome, yeah. So I don't know how they'll do it. But yeah, so maybe Battlefield, maybe Battlefield. Like someone master the controls, how to control a Battlefield on mobile would be good. And they got like a lot of, was it PUBG or Fortnite? Yeah, I haven't played them. I don't know if they're any good or anything like that, but I know that they're on there. Yeah, but just the idea of playing playing them sort of games with like digital analog sticks is... Um, yeah, there's no tactile yeah, feedback. Some clever person out there could come up with a, a way to fix it. A while back, I saw this thing and it wore mobile screens, like LCD screens that got like bumps and ridges on them. Oh, so you could okay. feel you know, the icons and stuff on the screen. I think something like that had helped loads. We allowing you to sort of feel, you know, where the sticks are and whereabouts you are on them. I think there's things where you can like, they're like sticky things and you just stick them onto the screen. It kind of like acts as like a like a analog stick, yeah. But you're not going to have them every time you're about. It's very third party though, isn't it? I mean, not everyone's going to have access to that stuff. You need to be able mm -hmm. to just play it on a phone. You see these cradles and stuff with controllers on, and it's like, are they really practical? Who uses them? Like, are they are they actually worth the time? You've got twi twenty minutes on a bus. Yeah, you're not gonna like whip out a, a controller. Yeah, so. But, but yeah, play Battlefield. It's like a, someone to master the controls for shooters. Uh, the other way around, a mobile game to consoles. Going back to it again, but it's probably all these sort of mobile ga uh, board games, yeah, digital board games that are just on just on mobile or tablets, yeah. I would like to see them. Mm. Which one specifically though? Is the one that's like would make a transition across really well. I think they all would, I think, because it's just kind of like menus, yeah, but mm. just the ones I, I play, yeah, so it probably would be Twilight Struggle, Through the Ages, even Carcassonne, I don't think there's a Carcassonne on um, on consoles at the moment, so. Do you know something? I don't think there is. The, um, the one on 360, but I don't know if it's back compatible, uh, certainly I don't think there's one on PlayStation. Uh, is there one on Switch? I think there might be one on oh, Switch already. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, that's the one. 
that's what, that's what they're porting over, I think. But if it's on mm. Switch, why isn't it on consoles? Yeah, so it sort of makes sense to be on Switch though, because you've got a touchscreen there, and you can take it about with you, and it don't take long to play a game of Kaxo. Mm -hmm. It's just you can bang one out in like twenty minutes. So like that is the ideal place to play that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So like, play some digital board games, I think. Mm. So yeah, that would be my answer. Question seventeen. Name a bit of game design that impressed you when you first saw it. Playing this again recently. Journey, and what kind of really impressed me about Journey is the whole communication thing. Yeah, it's just a button pressing yeah. it, and you have the sort of like the four hieroglyphics yeah. to denote what your character is. But even with just this one button, you you feel, you know, connected, and you feel like you, uh, you have a, a bond with this person. Yeah, even though it's just a ping, mm -hmm. it feels right, doesn't it? Even though it's dead simple. It's very, very basic, but it's, um, mm. it's, it's very effective, yeah. Thinking about it, it's basically like Pokemon, isn't it? Pokemon just shout the name. <laughs> it's just that. Yeah. It's just shouting your name over and over again, but it works. Yeah. And it's always really sad when you sort of talking with someone and then they just go, like it just disconnects them and you and it's like, oh. I was playing and um, it's a bit when you do the sliding down the down the mountain, yeah. And um, there was a guy in the area before you jump up. We were kind of like wandering about for a little while, for like a minute or two mm. and i was ready to go i got up to the the platform where you jump down and i was like come on let's go yeah let's do it together and i was like frantically pressing this button to try and get his attention like daily thompson <laughs> just fucking battering yeah it's like come, come on, on let's go let's go like, but he disappeared so i was like quite sad yeah so we just had this moment you and know. it's silly that such a simple fucking game mechanic can have that effect on mm -hmm. a person just playing that a couple of days ago has reminded me of that, so I would say, I would say Journey. Question 18. Can you remember a cheat code from the game you played? What were the game, and what were the input, and what did the cheat do? I don't remember the codes for it, but I used to do a lot of the cheat codes in like Mortal Kombat when I was younger. Mm. Um, but I think I think the one the easiest, only one I, I still remember is uh, is uh, Sonic, Sonic 1, I think. And I think it's up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B, start, I think. Right. I think yeah, that's it. That's one. But, well, level select. Yeah, something like that. Is it level select? But I remember when I was younger, I couldn't do it quite right, so I had to get my cousin to do it. Oh, I remember level one. I think Juice uh, X was uh, I Am Warren. was like God Mode, I think. If you type in I Am Warren into the, the type bit, you, you, it's like God Mode. Right, oh, on Deus Ex. Because it's Warren Spectre, yeah. So that was I Am Warren, I think it was. Remember right? I didn't know that. I think it was God Mode. It was some sort of thing. I do remember that. But yeah, Sonic and, and Juice X, I think, so. Question 19. Where do you think gaming will go over the next few years? And what will your part be in it? I think 10 years time, we're just going to have like little like um, Apple TV type things. We're not going to have big consoles. Everything's going to be streamed. Yeah. We're not going to spend four, five hundred pounds or whatever on hardware. So you're, so you're saying it's going to be done remotely? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's going to be on their servers and they just stream it so you can play on anything. But I think it may still be company-specific ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I sort of see where you're coming from. So, yeah, you're going to have, like, sort of like Netflix it's just and gonna, Amazon yeah, and it's HBO or a thing now. You're yeah. going to have a Sony and Nintendo and a Microsoft yeah. one. So that's what I, I think, anyway. Kind of ridiculous paying, paying that amount of money for a console. Would you be happy if everything were online on their servers and you didn't actually own anything ever? Personally, I'm quite like minimalist, so I don't don't really like to own like boxes of games or mm. boxes of CDs. I'm not really a collector, 
So I know, and there's a lot of collectors on the forum, so they'll be like, this is like the worst idea in the world. But um, but for me, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect for me. Yeah, for it's sort of going that way. I mean, you look at Spotify and iTunes and, and Netflix and Amazon and HBO and Now TV and all that stuff. It's sort of it's Xbox going that themselves, way. Yeah, just brought out. Yeah, even with Game Pass, mm-hmm. but you still have it locally. So you download it and it's sort of on your system. It's not like Sony where they're running it on their fucking hardware and porting it to you and with all the latency bullshit. Because I think that's that's a big difference. Like latency doesn't matter when you're listening to music. Latency doesn't no, matter no. when you're watching TV. Latency matters fucking loads yeah, when you are playing games. I suppose you don't really need sort of, sort of big tech to download download the music to your phone. Yeah. Nah, you can do it on a fucking toaster. Music is not a fucking big file. No. Uh, TV is like a gig an hour or something like that. If you're watching in HD. Mm-hmm. Whereas gaming, uh, I I don't know how much it is, but it's just constantly talking backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, because you're controlling it. So I don't know how much data that would be. Yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely some some big problems to get over. But in my opinion, that's it. Maybe not ten years, but I think that's definitely where where it's going to go. I think. Mm, I think we'll see services, but I don't think they'll be cloud based. Mm. So it's more akin to Game Pass, where you sort of well, an EA as well, the EA. Game Pass, whatever the fuck it's called, EA Access, where you sort of pay your monthly fee and you can download and play whatever's in their vault yeah. for the time being. Do you think next gen's going to have physical or do you think it's just going to... I think it will have, yeah. I think there'll be a push towards more digital, but I think they can't get rid of physical just because people like owning something, like having something in their mm-hmm. hands. I think the big difference is... If they're going to go digital, they need to allow Amazon and Play.com and all the other ones to sell the codes. Yeah. So there's some sort of market there because you just can't have Sony. You've, you've gone and buy something from Sony's PSN and it's fucking... <laughs> it's like 60 fucking quid yeah, for yeah, a game, exactly. 50 quid. And it's like, this is ridiculous. I can't... That's ri- why would I pay more for something that's... No, it's that's you, you're asking too much. It should be less because... Like, I get that you're paying for server costs to store it and all that, but that's not my fucking problem. That's your problem. Asda or Tesco or wherever, they're still having to pay for shelf space and places you ought to put these things. Mm-hmm. Say, like, I wanted to buy, I don't know, just straight off the top of my head, 100 copies of Just Cause 3. <laughs> right? It's okay. like one fucking... It's like one bit of data on their servers. That's, like, it's much, it's much, much more space and pissing about to make 100 copies of that fucking game and put like the sleeve in and the DVD and the, yeah, like just pass the fucking savings on. I, I understand that there's got to be competition between the physical and the digital, but people aren't going to go digital when the physical is still cheaper, even though it's costing them more, like the overheads and stuff are more. Yeah. You've got to be reasonable with the pricing. Yeah, it's still, it's people like collecting, yeah, so it's still, it's, I guess it's still like that. But I think definitely, definitely it's heading in that sort of Netflixy one box sort of thing. Mm, no doubt. I don't know how fast we'll get there, but it's. I think it's odds on mm-hmm. that that sort of thing is going to happen. I don't think it'll be boxless. I think you're always going to need to buy some sort of box to do it. There was a PC gaming sale in one of the, the shops here in Krakow. It was like £6 for two. And it felt so odd and it felt so um, like wasteful buying these like... I think it was Company of Heroes. I think it was Doom. Doom Collection or something. And the Company of Heroes box had like three discs. I just entered the code in Steam. That's all I did. 
Yeah, I did the exact same thing for stuff like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, uh, so, and Left 4 Dead so 2 and Guild Wars as well. World of Warcraft, didn't install them. I don't even have a DVD drive on my current PC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all that shit's just redundant. But it's if it's still cheaper... See, this is the thing. They're getting about like the environment and stuff. <laughs> it's like, well, it's cheaper for me to do that, and now I'm stuck with it. So of course I'm going to fucking throw it away. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm not going to have a... Like, just come on, fucking marketeers. Use your common sense. Yeah. Give us what we want. <laughs> you know, at least, like, make the payoff for digital better fiscally mm-hmm. because the way it is now is you're just taking the piss yeah i agree question 20 your fuck marry curl question are you ready for this give it to me okay right okay your options are board games mobile games and video games so which one are you gonna fucking give the chop which one are you gonna marry and which one are you gonna fuck so, what falls under the axe first? The axe, probably, I'm a big sort of uh, supporter of mobile games, but um, I'll probably give give them the, the chop, I think. Right, so that's your candy crushes and all that. <laughs> Obviously. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah. the fuck and the marry, which way around is it going to be between board games and video games? So, my fuck would be, uh, I think, video games, I think. Right, um, okay. And why is that? Why specifically fuck the games? Recently, just it's definitely sort of uh, a thing I do every every few nights or something like this. Yeah, it's uh, feels like a like a one night stand sort of like thing. Yeah. Um, right. Um, so yeah, you don't play video games often to warrant killing them. You play them often enough to put them above being killed. You don't put play them enough to warrant marrying them. I'll just think board games are just a bit more like warm and board games you want to just spoon at night, yeah? Right. Video games. So that's going to be a marry. <laughs> so it's going to be fuck video games, marry board games and kill yeah. uh, mobile yeah. games. I don't actually spoon board games at night just to just let everyone know. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, but having what you've just said about video games, I'd be hesitant <laughs> at taking the control off you, you dirty bastard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd go with, I think. Okay, so that's been episode 9 of 20 Questions. I've been Simon. I've been Warren. And I'll see you next time for another episode of 20 Questions. Goodbye. Oh, post-title music. Bit here. So, the more astute of you will have realised that we said this. Is Apple? Does Apple count? They ever had a gaming machine? I don't think they have, have they? So when we originally recorded this, I didn't pick up on that. And I really, really should have done. But we'd been going quite a long time. And we were recording at like 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Because it's the only time that we could both get off. And yeah, it slipped through the net. So, Apple does not count. So, Warren... I couldn't get you back in. Now's your time to think of a third company because no one gets out of it. You sat the questions and you must answer the questions. And that one didn't count. So, yeah. Okay, back to the title music.